702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Live streaming countrywide on the Prime Media Plus app. Yes, TV channel 856. 92.7. And 106 FM. Coming up on the show today, the President suspends Deputy Minister Depoa Peters. Rights groups want her fired. Council chaos in Ikuruleni will track the way forward after yesterday's sitting was abandoned. The Joburg High Court rules in favour of dismissed some workers. And it's Friday, so sports and good things too. All of that over the next hour. 7.02. Let's walk the talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Midday Report on 702 and Cape Talk with me, Mandy Wiener. Good to be with you today. Uh, so the breaking news story coming out of the presidency this morning, the president in writing informed Deputy Minister of Small Business Development, Depoa Peters, of his decision to suspend her. That decision following a sanction adopted by Parliament's Joint Committee on Ethics and Members' Interests against the minister. So crucially, deciding not to fire her but rather to suspend her. And the question there, of course, is why is he not firing her? Um, But also the question is why has the president not acted against any of the ministers who've been implicated in state capture? Uh, This has been an ongoing thing, the fact that he hasn't acted against her. So uh, have a listen to what Vincent Maguenia, the spokesperson for the president, had to say. The decision to suspend Deputy Minister Peters follows a sanction adopted by Parliament's Joint Committee on Ethics and Members' Interest against the Deputy Minister. The suspension, which will be without pay, became effective on the 28th of February and will end on the 28th of March. So that's the spokesperson for the president explaining uh, that decision. The rail activist group Unite Behind has been calling for Depoa Peters to be fired. And this all dates back to when she, of course, was the Minister of Transport and decisions that she made whilst she was the Minister of Transport. Her alleged role in enabling looting at Prasa, the passenger rail agency of South Africa. Uh, Parliament did suspend Peters following a complaint submitted by Unite Behind. The High Court then dismissed her bid to lift that suspension. So she went to court to try and lift that suspension. Um, The complaint goes back to 2022 in which uh, Unite Behind said that uh, uh, Prasa, when required, irrationally dismissed the Prasa board chaired by Popo Malefi and the unauthorised uh, use of Prasa buses for ANC events. So let's understand this further with Joseph Mason, who's the legal officer at Unite Behind. Joseph, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Firstly, what is your reaction to the president's decision to suspend the poor Peters? Well, it's, it's a mixed reaction. Um, I, I think her, the, the, her suspension follows a letter that we sent um, on the 6th of February uh, after, after we won the court case against her, um, where we asked for her removal. And as, as you say, you know, why is, did he just suspend her for one month? Why not actually remove her, given her track record? Um, and you know, so 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 it's a bit of a mixed reaction. We, we're happy that that, and actually, you know, it's it's rare that that he he takes uh, you know such such action um, as as you say as well. But it's not enough. We 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 need much stronger um, sanctions uh, against uh, ministers who have been implicated in the State Capture Commission of Inquiry. Uh, and various other forums, um, particularly as it relates to important state-owned enterprises like uh, Prasa. 
And Joseph, just remind our listeners why exactly you've been calling for her to be uh, fired to poor Peters. What exactly sure. did she do? So we alleged in our complaint that we, you know, that, that there were there were six points um, in our complaint. Firstly, as, as he mentioned, that she unlawfully dismissed the the only Prasa board with inte- integrity in the last decade. Uh, that was chaired by Popol uh, Molefe, Dr. Popol Molefe. Um, and that decision was was confirmed as as being irrational, and and the the High Court uh, in 2017 reversed the decision. Then uh, she also attempted to stop the Molefe board's investigations into corruption, um, but the board refused to stop those investigations. Uh, luckily, it was also reported uh, that 79 million rand was siphoned to the ANC uh, through the uh, famous tour trains uh, corrupt tenders. Uh, the Swifambo contract, um, and she failed to investigate that, and uh, she stood by and 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 let it happen, and uh, that that was uh, you know the findings in in the state capture uh, commission's report, um, and then uh, she uh, failed to appoint a permanent uh, group uh, CEO of Prasa um, for her entire term after Lucky Montana uh, left Prasa in 2015. Um, and then there was the unauthorized or the, the unlawful use of buses and uh, the failure to ensure that the ANC paid for, for the use of such buses for um, uh, transporting ANC supporters to the party's events. And then um, we also alleged that she attempted to implement uh, unlawful procurement po- policies at Prasa. So, so, so that, that, that was the mm-hmm. basis of, of the complaint. And... Uh, Unfortunately, the ethics committee in, in Parliament only dealt with uh, the dismissal of the board, um, the failure to to appoint a permanent GC, uh, group CEO, um, and the buses issue. The other uh, three uh, were not actually dealt with. Joseph, thank you very much for explaining all of that. Uh, Sir Joseph no Mason problem. is the uh, legal officer at Unite Behind. Uh, Unite Behind has been calling for DePaul Peters to be fired. The president making that uh, announcement today, the decision to suspend DePaul Peters for uh, one month without pay. Is that sufficient? Are you satisfied? As Joseph says, it's a mixed reaction, right? Because at least he's acted in this instance. But is it enough? 702, the midday report, Monday to Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. Chaos in Ekuruleni yesterday at the Ekuruleni Council meeting. There were uh, fisticuffs, handbags, water bottles, papers being thrown, uh, all sorts of chaos. Uh, there was a motion of, uh, for a vote of no confidence against the Ekuruleni mayor. That was being tabled. Action SA had put forward that motion of no confidence and it all kind of just fell apart. The EFF wanted the motion to be withdrawn um, and it all ended in this altercation. So let's speak now to Tika Niza, who's the ANC Gauteng chairperson. Tika, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Firstly, what is your reaction to what happened yesterday before we talk about the way forward? Um, firstly, I'm the provincial secretary. is the chair. Uh, I thought, let me let me start there. And, uh, apologies, apologies. You are no correct. Uh, Panyaza, no I'm sure he's a, he's, a, he's a keen listener, so he'll message and correct us anyway. So thank you. Yeah, no no problem. Uh, good day to yourself and your listeners. It is really uh, disappointing to to see that type of, uh, of a chaos, you know, especially to elected leaders uh, who are expected to 
hold a particular decorum for such an important institution that represents the people of Egorleni, but uh, it's not shocking. It happens all the time. Whenever EFF is dissatisfied with something, they would do, uh, they would behave uh, in such a manner. Uh, but we know that uh, um, the, the, the municipality or rather the, the councillors there, um, they've got systems and they've got a way of dealing with uh, uh, such a uh, behaviour. And uh, as you would have seen in Parliament, how it was dealt with. And they were hoping that uh, really EFF will change its way, uh, ways of doing things, especially when they're dissatisfied with a particular position. Uh, but as the ANC, we're highly disappointed. And we want to urge even those who would want to uh, be in parliament or even legislatures, including in councils, uh, we really need to respect uh, the such institutions uh, so that mm. even our ordinary people can respect these uh, institutions and they don't take them for granted. Uh, so this is where the lives of, of our people, yeah. especially issues of service delivery, are, are debated. Yeah, you, you are meeting with the council speaker in Tabiseng Chivenga to resolve this crisis. What is the way forward, and what does this mean for the ANC's relationship with the EFF? Tabiseng will be meeting with our chief whip and the multi parties in Ekuruleni, and I know that the meeting has started or supposed to start at eleven. Of course, uh, those comrades will come back and give us a report back, and we're hoping that uh, those things will be resolved uh, uh, in a very amicable manner. <laughs> the relationship with the EFF, uh, um, you know, I always try and explain this because the, this has nothing to do with with the relationship of the and the EFF in the province. And we we were not removing a a a a, a mayor of the EFF, and I, that's why I'm I'm a bit uh, concerned and confused. EFF tried to remove a mayor of the ANC in uh, in uh, in Eteguini, um, uh, Comrade Kaunda. Even today, I've not had a very uh, serious noise coming from anywhere in asking that question. We don't have a relationship with EFF. We've got one common goal. <laughs> which the DA and Action has, they were really failing the people of Ekuruleni. However, by the time we took over Ekuruleni, or rather we worked with them and many other multi, uh, parties, uh, small parties in Ekuruleni, they started to play a bigger brother role <laughs> and not wanting to uh, to listen to us. And an accounting officer happens to be the mayor. Um, the finances of Ekuruleni, as you would know, the AG would have spoken to them. They started insulting the AG. You can see what is happening in terms of our townships there in Egorleni. I mean, it's 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 really you know not to a point where we're satisfied, and that's why our area of focus has never been the EFF was the, the mayor himself, and even the mayor understands why we're raising the issues that we're raising because it's not firm enough. Uh, the experience that we need, um, we are not getting it from him, but also the ANC does have a. Um, a new framework in terms of how we must approach uh, uh, the local government elections or rather the local government uh, coalitions. So so for us, uh, it was important that we register our dissatisfaction on how things have turned out in the past few months, especially how the mayor is then reacting to some of the concerns that are not raised by the ANC alone, by the way, that are raised by all parties and councils 
including the Super 7, which the mayor is part of, because the right. mayor is part of the Super 7. It's the Super 7 itself is saying, we're not satisfied uh, with how you're handling things uh, and you're allowing uh, uh, our city to go down. So, so, so that has nothing to do with the, with the relationship with, with EFF. And we're not even in coalition with EFF, by the way. They are mm. part of the multi-party that is running that particular municipality. Who are part of them. The mayor is the one that then appoints the MMCs. He appointed five MMCs for the ANC, five MMCs for, from the EFF. And the reality is that uh, we, our MMCs, even when they call meetings, uh, or rather when they're supposed to be at the meetings to, to do political management in the city, the EFF does not go to such meetings. So this is creating serious tension uh, in that particular uh, municipality. Budget adjustment was another critical issue which created a lot of problems. Of course, yesterday, they considered on some of the issues that were raised by our comrades. I mean, in terms of uh, the, the, the awards, 78 awards, uh, uh, IDPs, uh, they were not even considered. Uh, and those awards, because they are run by the ANC, or rather they are under the leadership of the ANC, they get undermined. Right. We, we, can't, we can't agree to such a, an attitude. Are we saying we are want to fight and we know what we are saying is that if there must not be a bigger brother or an attitude uh, when you are in the coalition everybody TK, must want yeah. to engage on a on an equal footing yeah tk thank you very much uh, tk is a nc um provincial secretary i uh, erroneously called him the chairperson earlier Panyazanasufi would not be happy with me but tk thank you very much uh for giving that view let's get a response now from the eff's Gauteng leader nkululeko dunga joining us to speak about that situation in uh Ikuruleni yesterday which deteriorated into chaos and fisticuffs and phones being stolen and things like that. And Kululeko, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, firstly, what is your reaction to what happened in the council yesterday? Um, and uh, are, are you would would you condone the scenes that we saw in council yesterday? No, greetings to you and greetings to the listeners of Seven O Two. You know, the incident of yesterday is rather unfortunate uh, because it's something that would have raised, obviously with the leaders of the ANC to a certain extent. Uh, and we say this because there's no truth in, uh, in the ANC stating that there has been um, an attempt to convene uh, political party management meetings that we have never succumbed uh, ourselves to in terms of uh, being admissible to having an interaction with them. In actual fact, two other ones were raised that uh, we had all agreed as uh, the people's government that we should constitute such meetings and those meetings must be coordinated by the whip of council, who is Jomizizwe Labati, who has not even convened a single meeting till to date uh, himself, mm. uh, having been appointed. You know. um, uh, on so the issue of, of violence, though, yesterday and the fact that yeah. this deteriorated into a violent situation, surely that can't be the way that councillors behave. Definitely not. I mean, you would have seen how even the whip of council summons his uh, uh, dominantly male-populated caucus to actually ascend down and uh, engage in a physical and violent fight uh, to a point of beating up um, uh, women of the EFF. We've got one woman of the EFF uh, councillor who is badly uh, hurt, 
mm. and she had to go and uh, seek uh, medical attention on her left eye because it's, uh, they would shattered. they would argue that the EFF was the aggressor though no sorry they would argue that the EFF was the aggressor in that incident so are we then condoning violence particularly attributed to women on the basis that the ANC says that the EFF was an aggregator of such? It cannot be allowed because that is just being apologetic to uh, abusive relationships and abusive patterns of society. Um, coming back to the point would be... Uh, obviously the EFF had raised concerns in terms of the augmentation and the amendments of the motion that was uh, initially pro- proposed uh, by um, the Action SA uh, and the amendments of the ANC in that they substantially changed the nature of the motion and should not find expression. And uh, that was our superior reasoning onto it, but the ANC was not willing to listen to us. In actual fact, they wanted to make council take an illegal decision to say that within seven days we have to elect an ANC mayor. Um, in, in accordance at least to the recommendations that they would have proposed. And that would have been an illegal act as well to just augment uh, and substantially change the recommendations of a motion that is before us. I did ask uh, Tika and Lisa from the ANC uh, what this means for coalitions and relationships between the ANC and the EFF. Uh, as far as you're concerned, is this relationship different in uh, Ikuruleni to what it is nationally or in other councils? And, and how would you describe that relationship? Yeah, so the only relations that we would uh, have with the ANC is that uh, we felt it prudent that we convene and establish a government that is uh, people's orientated. The main focus obviously being on um, disadvantaged communities and ensuring at least that there are basic services that are delivered. Uh, that relationship has sort of seen a U-turn change in the aspect that, um, you know, we are being bullied as well to a certain extent by the ANC and the ANC caucus to direct particularly funding, especially when we go to the third and the fourth quarter, towards ANC-led wards. Uh, in an attempt to even abandon projects and programs that are nearing finish in other areas where they do not have a control and a spin spin of control. And that to us is problematic. Uh, But, you know, as the uh, leadership of the EFF has stated that uh, there's also a domino effect in terms of the uh, relations that would obviously emanate because this particular constitution of uh, constitute of governance, particularly in the city of Eguruleni, is as a result of many others within the uh, Gauteng province, such as Mohali City and the city of Johannesburg, and the leadership will guide in terms of what is our attitude uh, on the other Mm. municipalities that we find ourselves having this type of relationship because this is one aspect where the ANC was always aggrieved because, uh, I mean, the city of Agurlini is said to be led by the EFF and we have done pretty well in terms of our MMCs being on the ground, doing the work as opposed to the ANC uh, mayoral committee members who at times were saying that were overshadowing their work and uh, they are not seem to right. be doing anything. And uh, it's just political jealousy over and above it being about any other thing. Nkuleleko, is it the EFF's political strategy to make um, the, the council such as in Ikuruleni dysfunctional? Because that's certainly the appearance um, of what happened yesterday. Definitely not. 
I mean, uh, we took a extremely dysfunctional state and uh, stabilized it. We moved from 300 million rand cash in hand when we took over governance by sitting at uh, almost a billion, just right underneath 900 million in terms of cash in hand. If we had any intention of destabilizing the city, we ought to have started then, you know. And, you know, the best way of destabilizing any city is not forming part of its government and its uh, um, mechanisms of ensuring that we deliver services. I mean, that would be counter-revolutionary even for the EFF. We now pride ourselves as the economic freedom fighters to send out a message that are we ready to govern? Definitely, yes, we are. And we're able to reference it to the city of Egorleni um, predominantly. So it would have been a counter-strategy of the EFF that that seeks to actually kill off the view right. um, of an EFF mm. that is uh, capable had we moved in with the stance of uh, wanting to collapse um, an institution that was already collapsed, but we did our utmost best and we continue to do to ensure that we actually have a turnaround strategy. Nkuruleko, thank you very much. Nkuruleko Dunga, EFF Gauteng leader. So uh, both sides there. You've heard from TK. He's uh, the ANC uh, Gauteng Provincial Secretary um, and also from the EFF. It certainly, to my view, looked as though the EFF were the aggressor uh, yesterday, walking towards the, the mayor and the, the, the speaker there, the council chair. Um, uh, asked that question. That's the response from the EFF. You certainly cannot have a situation like this where the council deteriorates into fisticuffs and handbags and throws of paper and stealing of, of phones that really is counterproductive in terms of serving the people of Ekuruleni. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Mandy, I was waiting for someone to throw a jug filled with water. I wanted to see what would happen to that guy. I was so disappointed when that didn't happen. So, so disappointed. Instead, they were just throwing water everywhere. Damn. Life could have been so much better next year with all the news. Hey, listen, people have been convicted for throwing jugs, remember? Um, uh, and and causing some serious uh, some serious damage. So you you wouldn't be far fetched to to think that, that could happen. They were just throwing papers and stealing a cell phone, um, which is just absurd. Really, you you can't have elected leaders and public representatives behaving like this. What's up, Mandy? On oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. You know, uh, Mandy, I, I think the EFF is a political party that uh, attracts angry bits. Like it attracts people with an anger, a nature of anger, angry nature. Like I really don't understand why would grown adults be fighting in a meeting. I really don't understand. Like I think the EFF is an attraction to angry bits. That's the only way I'll think of it because um, the reason I, I, I wouldn't vote for EFF is because they're not able to express themselves calmly without starting any fights or commotion. KK Pretoria. Thank you for that because I now have this um, image in my head of one of those little red angry birds that you shoot um, in the game uh, wearing a red overall. Um, and that is now the vision I have of uh, angry birds. Um, but there are questions here and this is why I asked the EFF about whether they were the aggressor because they advanced on the speaker. They walked to the speaker into the mayor's chair. They were clearly um, the aggressor here and, and it just deteriorated the entire council. So is it their political strategy to make 
councils and legislatures and parliament dysfunctional because that's certainly what it's looked like and uh, the EFF saying no that's that's not the case but I'll let you draw your own conclusions 702, 702. Mandy Weiner weekdays 12 to 1 p.m. The Joburg High Court has ruled in favour of 77 SAMWA members, so municipal workers who were dismissed by the city of Joburg in 2022. Uh, now, this is it's quite legally technical, but the court declared that the SAMWA members were employees of the city of Joburg. The municipality was obliged to consult them before amending their employment contracts. Um, so... They were first employed on a fixed-term contract. Their status was then converted to permanent employees. And then, um, as I say, it does get quite legally technical. I don't want to get into too much of the technicalities. Ultimately, what has now happened is the court has ruled in favour of Samu. So we're going to speak firstly to the acting executive mayor and then to Samu to get reaction uh, and try and keep it as, as relatable as possible. Firstly, uh, Loiso Masuku is the acting executive mayor of the city of Joburg. Acting mayor, good afternoon to you and thank you very much for your time. Good afternoon, Mandy, and thank you for having us, and good afternoon to your listeners as well. Uh, so as I mentioned, of course, this dates back to 2022, uh, the decision to dismiss 77 uh, employees of the city of Joburg. Uh, you are now saying that you note this judgment. Uh, what is your reaction to it, and will you appeal or abide by it? Thank you, Mandy. We, we are going to abide by the order of the court, um, we are not going to be appealing as the city of Johannesburg um, precisely because um, when we were um, in government before the local government elections, we had also contended that the conversion was lawful. Uh, we had contended that, in fact, um, what was done was within the uh, prescripts of the council and um, the human resource policies of the council permitted uh, the conversion. And it was our considered view that the, the, the process that was taken was legally flawed by the then government of the multi-party to actually challenge this and dismiss these employees and actually dismiss them without having even consulted them because, remember, they didn't employ themselves. They were employed and converted, and they would never have been able to just um, summarily dismiss people. So for us, it was actually a matter of let's allow the the, the court processes and not interfere. And actually, the court has said, City of Joburg, comply because it was actually incorrect for you as um, the the respondents um, being the city and the city manager and the executive mayor to actually uh, dismiss these employees. So you make the point then, and this is crucial, that this was under the previous administration that was led by former Mayor Mpopolazzi, uh, that this, okay. this all occurred. Um, so unfortunately, when you have transition periods like we've had so regularly in the city of Joburg, um, where council is led by different political parties, uh, you have to live with the decisions made by your predecessors. Um, how, how do you manage this situation? Because it does give you also the opportunity to turn around and say, well, actually, the, the DA got it wrong here and we agree with this. Yeah. Mandy, you are correct. Um, the coalition governments are tricky, uh, as you put it. But when you are, uh, you are a successor in law and in title, and um, this is one of the things that we as, 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 as different uh, governments, when we come into power, we must accept that if you arrive and something had been done, 
you you should not use measures to 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 to, to delete and just um, uh, render everything that was done as if it was wrong. And the the, the 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 courts have proved that because it was our contention to say we followed all the processes of the city and it's documented and the court papers actually are clearly indicating that there actually was. The conversion was actually um, legally done and the dismissal was actually unfair uh, and actually not even procedural. That is why SAMU then took it upon themselves to represent their members. And I think it's also a lesson for different uh, governments in different municipalities and local government to say, don't endeavor to challenge every decision because you are going to spend a year or two and waste money because this order is with cost. But but what about precedent? Aren't you worried that it could create precedent that would ultimately cost the city? For for me, the the, the order is about what had been done um, before 2021. So it is not speaking about anything that must happen now. It is dealing specifically with that case. It is not then saying anything about what must happen going forward. It is actually correcting what was uh, an error in law of judgment by the then government of the multi-party. Loiso, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Loiso Masuko, acting executive mayor, speaking to us there, reacting to that judgment, saying this happened under uh, the time of Mpopolazzi, the previous administration. They agree with, they will abide by that judgment. So let's get reaction to that now from Samu, the provincial treasurer, Karabo Ramahuma, joining us. Uh, Karabo, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. What are the implications of this judgment now for your members? Uh, good afternoon, Indian. Good afternoon to Radio 702 listeners and residents of Johannesburg. Uh, what it means to us is that uh, racist ideas have fallen. What it means to us is that uh, our workers' dignity has been restored. Their rights have been protected correctly so and legally so by the court. That's what the judgment means. It means that what is happening today would be our members should be put in a place where they were exactly two years ago because it was a council of February two years ago uh, led by a racist DA government uh, of Leonard and uh, that surrogate uh, and of that of their racism Ka- that took a decision to... Karabo, to, to I, I just want to try and underst- make sure that I understand this on behalf of my listeners. What was it about the decision that was racist specifically for you to, to label it as such? It's, it's, it was racist because it sought to target uh, young black professionals and labeled them as ANC employees. When in fact, all the all the out of the 130, it was people serving all the political parties that were in government. You know, it was a racist decision because at the ten eight ten of it, the one who was going to suffer the most was a black child. And at the time, we must say, and I'm sure as uh, listeners would recall, there would have been uh, white employees who were in that space that nothing ever happened to them. would name them even uh, when we do telephone interview, uh, radio interviews and TV interviews, and nothing really happened to them. Uh, I, I, I can think at the top of my head about one lady called Joanne. She was in the same uh, actually even in a higher position, but she continued working. Her contract was never terminated. That's why I'm saying the scene that our members had was their skin color more than their 
qualifications more than their ability to serve residents of Johannesburg. But the court judgment was made on the basis of, of law, not necessarily on how, as you allege, the decision was made according to race. It, racism does not require a court to declare. Racism requires one to look at uh, the intention, the motive, and the modus operandi. Like I'm putting it to you as an example. A white lady who was in the same position was never fired. Now, we, 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 we asked, even then, we asked, why is this white one not fired? All these black ones fired. Nobody asked. Mm-hmm. Impopulacy could not ask. Leonard at the time could not answer rather. DA in its entirety as a political formation operating in the city of Johannesburg could not answer. The lady happened to also be in the position of the then speaker of DA Vasco Dakam. You know, so, so so that's why I'm saying it was a racist decision. We are not mincing our word about it. A, a Zionist type of government uh, led by TA was behind all that. They are paying what we're giving them, chest pains. We are seeing black professionals being employed. You know, these are not Stan Hazens. I'm talking about people with uh, honors and masters. I'm talking about people, one of, one of them, I remember in, in the groups while they were still dismissed, she was even, she, she even uh, acquired a PhD. That's the caliber of young black professionals that were fired. Mm. And the only thing that they have that did not uh, seem right with the DA was their skin color, not their qualification. Karabo, right. Thank you very much. Karabo Ramohama is the Provincial Secretary of Samu reacting there to that decision by the Joburg High Court ruling in favour of the Samu members who were dismissed by the city of Joburg. Um, as you've heard there from the acting mayor from Samu agreeing that they will abide. And this is, this is fundamentally what happens, right, when you have transition of government and you have six different mayors in, in two years, is that you, uh, as the acting mayor said, um, you, you, you rule... Uh, or you're elected, that means it's not just in name, but it is in position as well. And that means they need to then live with the decisions of their, their predecessors too. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hello, Mandy. The spat between the EFF and the ANC is a red herring. It's a ruse. These two organizations are one and the same. And neither have done anything to inspire voters to support them. This is an election year, and they're playing games with South Africa. Cheers, Peter. Hi, Mandy. This is Cynthia. I'm also very confused about uh, the um, EFF action in Ekurulani yesterday. But my um, take is that they are panicking because of the votes that they are losing in KZN, and some of the members perhaps didn't get the message correctly and are now just escalating their uh, uh, unruly behavior. That's my take. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Election season, election season. Read all about it here. Uh, this is exactly what's going on, right? Is uh, the speculation. So, will the ANC have to go into coalition with the EFF if they fall below uh, 45%, as an example? Because they'll have to turn uh, to the EFF. What does it mean for their relationship? Is it a ruse? Um, is the EFF losing uh, voters in KZN to the MK party? So many moving parts. So, you have to stay alert. Play Vakar. We need to know what's going on here in the election year. 702. 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m.
City Power is cutting electricity connections of businesses that owe over 100 million rand in unpaid bills in the Hurst Hill area. Uh, also in Rosebank as well, Gloria Motswere is out there having a look at what's going on. Uh, Gloria, tell us uh, about what City Power is doing and where and to who. Good afternoon, Mandy. So City Power is targeting about seven businesses today which owe a collective of 52 million rand to the city. So what is happening is that these businesses, uh, they, haven't been, they have been paying their bills, but it's understood that they have not been paying as, consistent and as consistently as they need to. And that's how they end up owing millions to the city. We disconnected earlier this morning a residential building so it's a block of flats that is being rented out in West Dean that owes 3.5 million rand to the city. They conducted it at a level two disconnection, what they call a level two disconnection, where they removed part of the equipment from their meter box. And what they were saying is that should they reconnect themselves again, they're going to have to come back and remove all the cables. And once a disconnection has been done, the, the particular business or residential area that's been cut off needs to pay 60% of the amount that they owe to the building, to the city, which is millions at this point. They also just cut off electricity to Mill Park Muse, which is partly a residential area that has students and young professionals that live here. So it's a matter of these businesses not mm. paying as consistently as they have to. And the question here is, how do we get there? How is it that a building ends up owing millions of money mm. to the city in electricity bills. And the manager, the customer services manager for the Hairstyle area was basically saying that in some instances, when these companies get billed, they actually don't pay the amount of money that they need to. So yep. this is an amount of money that accumulates over a certain amount of time. Gloria, thank you so much. Uh, Gloria Matsue out with City Powers. They're cutting off those uh, people, businesses, organizations, buildings that are not paying consistently. Sports Wrap. Sports Wrap. With Tolagele Mganga. Tolagele Mganga, EWN Sports Reporter. Hey, F1 is back this weekend. It is. Uh, nothing that's been happening on the track has been dominating the it's conversation. Wild. So, of course, you know that Christian Horner, he, he so was... I have to just tell you, I'm yes. sorry. Have you watched the new draft to survive? Not yet. So, there's a there's a scene that that the Netflix producers have put in which shows Santa asking Christian Horner's kids if daddy's been good this year. <clears throat> <laughs> That's going to have a nice conversation starter for Christmas. It's It's been ba- a bad week for him. Yes, Red Bull have now cleared him. But then, of course, we know that an email went out to F1 personnel and media where all the text messages... No, Mandy, I'm not that important. So now, obviously, Total Wolf has asked that the investigation be reopened. Max Verstappen yesterday spent both first and second practice session complaining about his car. So might we have like a weekend where Red Bull oh, please. don't he's have... Like, he's like uh, Novak Djokovic, who's like pretending to be injured all the time. The <laughs> and then he wins Australian <laughs> Open. So that'd be interesting to see. Of course, as we look forward to Lewis Hamilton's final season with Mercedes, we know that this is the longest ever F1 season. We've got 24 races to look forward to this time around. Then on top of that, we've got Scandal. So mm. the next season of Drive to Survive is going to be so fantastic, guys. Look forward to it. Lots of football this weekend? Yes, there's a few derbies on the go for Kaiser Chiefs supporters. 
I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, the fact that they're facing Morocco Swallows. Of course, we know that Swallows have gotten rid of 22 players. They don't have a permanent head coach because Steve Gompela left his role. But also Kaiser Chiefs have been known to struggle against uh, less successful opposition, shall we call them that. So they've got the Soweto Derby coming up tomorrow. Then Orlando Pirates and action against Polokwane City. And then in the English Premier League, They've also got a Manchester derby. Of course, we fully expect the citizens to walk away with like a 6-0 win in that one. <laughs> She's honestly laughing. Yeah. You're laughing to yourself. A, a full-on 6-0 win. I fully expect it. 6-0? Yes. Ooh, okay. Anything less will be disappointing. Oh, sorry, aren't you a Man United fan? Just checking. The season's almost over, oh, hey? Thank you for, for the levity. Tolakele Mganga wrapping up the weekend sport for us. Good things. Good things. With Brent Lindeke. And as always, ending off the show on a Friday with Brent Lindeke, the good things guy. Hey, Brenty, happy Friday. Happy Friday, man, and happy Friday to all of the Cape Talk and 702 listeners. So, um, South Africa's teacher's incredible classroom makeover goes viral. Tell us about this one. I love this story so much because sometimes we can think, right, government schools, there's not a lot of money. Uh, do the teachers, are they working hard? What are they doing? Well, Mr. Rasmus is showing us what many, many teachers do around the country. And uh, she put up a video of a makeover in her classroom, which has gone viral. And it's not a huge makeover. You don't think that it's become like a five-star VIP classroom. It's just really, really simple things that she's done to make that classroom feel like home for those kids. And here's the crazy thing, man. She's done it all herself. So it all comes out of her own pocket, all her own money, and all her own hard work. I'm talking about painting the walls herself, sewing the curtains herself, and just making sure that that classroom is a beautiful environment for, mm-hmm. for the kids to learn from. And um, that, that video has gone viral. And there's so many teachers who have put up their hands to say, we do the same too. Thank you so much, Mr. Rasmus, for showing us uh, how easy it is to, to create these incredible environments for these kids. And in a very similar vein, the uh, community in Melville are also doing a similar thing to their suburb. So I love this story as well, and it's, it's the story that I chose to tell this week. I used to live in Melville in my varsity days, and I remember it being just this hub of activi- uh, activity, a real sort of fun area in Johannesburg. But as the years have passed, it seems to be a little bit uh, left to the side. Not anymore. The Melville community are putting on a huge event this weekend. It's called The Happening. Think of it like the Africa burn uh, for the suburbs. Um, and they've been working towards opening up the streets for this event happening this weekend. And, and they've done the greatest things, just painting and cleaning and making sure that Melville is restored to the beauty that it was two decades ago. If you want to see those photos, they all are online. If you look for I Love Melville on that group and also on Good Things Guy, you can see how a community are coming together to really take action and beautify their city. And then uh, trust South Africans to to do this. But ESCOM turns 101 um, and we've been leaving some funny birthday messages for our power supplier. (laughs) So we love South African sense of humor, right? When times are tough, when the the moments are tragic, we're always able to pull out a laugh. And some of the birthday messages are just giving me all the laughs. I'll read some of them to you. Happy birthday, ESCOM. Now everyone clap your hands because many hands make life work. There's also another one. Ah, Eskom, you are just like family. We think about you when you're not there. You drive us crazy and make us happy when you are around. So many memories. Happy birthday. And the last one, happy birthday, Eskom. 
So many great memories of you. We miss you. <laughs> Trust us, hey? we, we always find a way to laugh about things. And that's the beauty of it, right? Is even when times are dark, we find a way to bring the light, right? Absolutely, man. And I, I love that about South Africans. We're resilient. Uh, we, we find humor in really tragic things when it's like load shedding and things are not great in the country. We're able to come together. We're able to be active citizens. And these are all good stories that we can celebrate um, that bring us, I don't know, a little bit of happiness on this Friday. Brent, as always, thank you very much. And? As I say, every single Friday, wishing you only good things. Only good things, Brent Lindeku, the good things guy, wrapping up our Friday for us. The Midday Report. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Lots of discussion today about some of the big issues. I think the one that's definitely going to continue getting a lot of reaction is the president's announcement today that he is suspending the Deputy Small Business Development Minister, DePoer Peters, not firing not firing, but suspending uh, Depoa Peters. Uh, she was found to have breached the ethics code in her former portfolio as transport minister. Of course, lots of reaction to that. Why hasn't she been fired? What about David Baklobo? What about uh, Zizi Kodwa? What about all the others who were named in the state capture report? Why has nothing been done about them? Uh, why has the decision been taken to suspend and not fire Depoa Peters? So expect lots of reaction to that one uh, and then everything else that's bubbling as well. Thank you very much for joining us today.